0: everyone, this is episode 706 of the Pixelated Sausage Podcast for the week of Friday, February 7th, 2020. I am your host, Mark Krishnez, and today I'll be talking about Apex Legends Season 4, which just launched this week, as well as Foxyland 2, Tamashi, Farm Together at Astra, Crawl, What We Do in the Shadows, the Series and the departure of Dan Hauser from Rockstar Games. And uh, I guess the transition, not transition, the departure from the Coalition, that's what their name is, I think, of Rod Ferguson and him moving over to the Diablo 4 team. And I hate his name because I keep wanting to call him Craig Ferguson, but he does not host a late night talk show. I don't even know, if does Craig Ferguson still do that? Or did he retire is that still a thing that's not a thing anymore right because he got what is it a uh, big boy who took his place what's his name he was in cats and and she does not like him one bit and i remember messing with him and finding all these pictures where he did these like oh i'm so sexy and yeah, i have these fake tattoos for like a gq or something Corey? <laughs> it's not cory corlin cordon james cordon that's his name I remember finding those pictures for this person that nobody listening knows, and (laughs) I did them to mess with him, but I don't know if he remembers them as much as I do. They will forever haunt my memory. I'm not like somebody who doesn't like Corden. I'm indifferent about Corden, but those images, finding them, oh, I'll never forget. Anywho... Before I get to all that stuff, uh, all I've been playing and watching and newsing, I wanted to talk about my journey with the Xbox 360 and moving everything to one sole hard drive because I got to thinking that I have all these games that I've purchased over the years when they've gone on sale for anywhere between 2 and 5 bucks, in hopes that they would eventually make their way to backward compatibility. The one that stands out the most, because I think it's been on sale very often for $2.99, is Conan, which I remember liking. It's like a perfect 7 out of 10 game. Like, if you want a perfect example of a 7 out of 10 game, a game that's, like, you know, not bad, it's not amazing, just a solid experience, it's Conan. And... If you don't know what Conan is, it, it's basically just God of War, but not God of War. It's an okay version of the original God of War games. But I have a bunch of games that never made their way to backward compatibility. And I know that, or I, I hope that Xer, uh, X, Xerbox, I was going to say Xerbox. What is Xerbox? That would be a terrible name. Thank God they went with Series X because Xerbox just as like was like an exorcist meets the xbox and you have your extra boxer going down the the stairs all crooked like i don't know what the hell i'm talking about but i hope that once the series x comes out and they are done with that and making sure that all of the games that work on xbox one work on the series x because that is why they halted all the backward compatibility work is so that they can make sure that when you get your series x all your Xbox One games, all the 360 and original Xbox games that work on Xbox One will work on your Series X. I'm not sure if that includes, like I said before in an episode, however long ago, the Kinect games, because I, I don't think they've ever mentioned, and why would they mention Kinect compatibility with the Series X, at least with the Xbox One Kinect? There's, there's no way it's going to be compatible with the 360 Kinect, because the Xbox One isn't compatible with that. But I do hope they'll return to backward compatibility via the 360, or not via the 360, but 360 games and original Xbox games when that happens. But in case that doesn't happen, I thought to myself, I should have everything consolidated onto one sole hard drive. And at first, I was struggling to get a hard drive to work because I'm like, why isn't this working? And I, I realized that the 360 has a cap of two terabytes for a hard drive for an external hard drive you can't go over that you can you know mess around with a a four terabyte hard drive and you know allocate to two terabytes but then what's the point you're wasting valuable space just get a two terabyte hard drive and I, i found one of mine that i wasn't using or i i don't think i found one that i wasn't using i had one terabyte ones that i wasn't using and four terabyte ones i wasn't using and then I think I had a three terabyte one, and then I gave that one to my dad and took his two terabyte one that I gave him for his Xbox one is not important to any of the information but got a, a new external hard drive for my 360 and then began the process of transferring everything from my old external hard drive and the internal hard drive to this new external hard drive. And that took a fucking long ass time it was a slow-ass process and when that finished, I was like yeah, that feels good. But now I have to go through the process of downloading all the games that aren't currently on the hard drive and what sucks about that is that the 360 on the 360, you can't pick a default download uh, hard drive. You can't say I want you to download to this hard drive by default like you can on the xbox one and on the ps4 and so on and that sucks because that just means i'm going to have to go through not only the slow download process because i'm downloading these games over wi-fi and it's horrible speed wise it's just, it's incredibly slow and i don't think they will download when the system is off there might be an option for that but i i'm not sure so i have to leave it on which is frustrating and then when I download them, I'm going to have to then transfer them from the internal hard drive to the external hard drive, which will be a slow process as well. And it's just going to be a massive pain in the ass. I also learned that original Xbox games, they cannot be transferred off of the internal hard drive. Those are stuck there. And I just ended up deleting all my saves for those. And like, one, they were all listed as unknown game outside of Knights of the Royal Republic. And then for Knights of the Royal Republic, it still had my save, which... Was 70 or so hours, and I was like, Oh, I should keep this. And I'm thinking to myself, I shouldn't keep this because it's a finished save file. What's the point of it? If I ever play that game, I want to play it again from the beginning. That's how I do it. I play the game a few times, and I'm going to play it from the beginning. I'm not going to go to the end and just be like, Oh, look at all these people I met. So I am now going through the process of downloading the games that aren't currently available on Xbox One. And the thing that sucks about that, in addition to other things I mentioned, is that there is no easy-to-access download list of all the games you own and can download. In order to access that, you have to go to your purchase history, uh, or it's called your download list. But instead of it being this grid that you can search, like on Xbox One, it is just a basic list that you scroll down and if you scroll too quick it's going to start freaking out and it's going to lose it's place and lock up and you're going to have to start from the beginning so you have to go through it slowly and what sucks is that as far as I know there's no way to search that and when you're dealing with delisted games you can't like another option to download these games is just go to the store page and download it from there but if a game is delisted I don't think they still have a store page up where you just can't purchase it, but you can download it. I I may be wrong in that sense, uh, which would be nice, I guess, but I'm not sure about that. But like with delisted games, say Scott Pilgrim versus the world or uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Turtles in Time remake, if it even had the remake uh, in its title, those games were delisted. I think the Simpsons arcade was delisted. I think a lot of the beat em ups were delisted for whatever reason. And it, I mean, it could be all the licensing issues. You know, you have the Simpsons, you have the Turtles, and blah, blah, blah. You have Scott Pilgrim. And those, you'd be shit out of luck because, like, for me, I bought those games a long time ago and I bought many other things after them to get to the point where I'd find them in my purchase history and my download list would take a sweet ass long time. And. Thankfully, I still have those downloaded, but I look at all the games I have downloaded because I never deleted any Xbox Live arcade game, to my knowledge. I think I deleted Xbox Live Indie games, and those there are no way to recover those even in your purchase history, I'm pretty sure. Um, But yeah, it would be nice to just have an update to the 360 that gives you a download list where you can see everything, and it won't show up the things that are already installed on your system, because that's another thing. You're going through your purchase history, uh, and it's not not showing you things that are already on the system. It's showing you everything, um, which is a, a little bit frustrating. But currently going through that process, and yeah. I'm hoping that eventually all these games will be available on the newest Xbox uh, system console console and just keep moving forward in that sense. But you don't know. So I figured it'd be good to just have all this stuff on a hard drive. And if the 360 craps out, I don't lose that hard drive and all that stuff. Um, and yeah, I, I can't remember if you can transfer stuff and just copy it too. Cause it'd be good to probably make a backup as well, which would take a long ass time. But, um, yeah, that's, that's been my journey with the 360. Um, Another concern, because it just got me thinking about stuff uh, and thinking about games that you can only still play in the 360 that haven't made their way to background compatibility. I don't believe this happened with any other game, but I am still butthurt over the fact that for a brief period of time, Poker Smash, which is a fantastic game, a fantastic puzzle game that I guess was reminiscent of some other puzzle game. But I I loved it because I love poker and I love these puzzle match them up games. And it was backward compatible for a short period of time, but then it was removed. And I don't know if they ever gave a reason as to why that happened. It's just super disappointing for two reasons. One, I love the game and I wanted to be able to play it on Maxbox Xbox One and not have to turn on my 360. And then two, if one game can be removed for some reason, what's to say that any of the games can be removed at any point for no reason? And that's a scary proposition. Um... And I, I can't for the life of me think why it was. I don't think there was any kind of licensed music in it or anything that would be like, oh, this is this is clearly the reason why it was removed. It's not like it has the ability to place the turtles in it or something. Unless I'd never unlocked that feature. And now I'm even more upset. But uh, yeah, that has been my journey with the 360 and trying to organize everything and all that jazz. Speaking of that as well, I know I said... That I was pretty sure I'd be moving on to Rage as my next Attack the Backlog game. But I think I am going to go with Mini Ninjas instead. And you may be saying, what the hell is Mini Ninjas? Mini Ninjas is a little action adventure game where you play as a group of three ninjas? You got your, your basic little ninja, and they're all, you know, they're like kitty ninjas. There's a big boy ninja, or a standard ninja, and then a lady, a little girl ninja, and maybe a fourth one. And it has a nice cel-shady art style, and it's a solid little game, you know, that's very user-friendly. It's kid-friendly, and it may not sound appealing, but it's a game that I played for you know, like an hour or two when I eventually got it and I really enjoyed it. You know, it wasn't an amazing game or anything, but it was a fun little thing and I liked the look of it. And it also made me think, you know, I've been in this stretch or I I did this stretch where I was going through 2019 games and using attack the backlog as an excuse or I I feel kind of bad about having so many Current games as part of my attack the backlog, even though they're technically part of my backlog, you know, I don't want it to just be current games. I want it to be things from all the various generations. You know, like I did the original Castlevania, I did Symphony of the Night, I did other things. I mean, I, I will have a Super Mario World episode coming up soon, but yeah, I I don't want to just do things that are current, and I also don't want to do obvious things or things that people know about. Uh, Because I think there's value and also potential openness to more viewership and getting people to find my videos by doing games that aren't well covered uh, that, you know, may find an audience through attack the backlog, you know, because like people know of rage, in part, because rage Two recently came out, but they know of rage and all that. But how many people know about mini ninja? or mini ninjas. It's not one ninja. So mini ninjas. I don't even know the name of it. Uh, So yeah, I think that'll be the next game. Uh, But I haven't started yet because, you know, I I finished editing all the audio and cleaning it all up for like, (laughs) I think I have the audio now for, I don't know, eight or 10, somewhere between eight and 10 episodes. This includes two mini episodes which are Last of Us Left Behind and Untitled Goose Game and then a whole bunch of other ones. Uh, So I want to just, this weekend, hammer all those episodes out and finish the video versions of them all. Ideally, some of them may take a little bit longer, like Control, which is definitely going to be the longest episode of the bunch that are are currently in the works. But uh, yeah, that's what has been going on in terms of my nonsense and also video production and and future content you can expect. Uh, Hopefully soon I'll be able to start working on other series as well. Um, And if you haven't checked out, I've put up a a handful of reviews recently as well. Uh, The most recent one is for Foxyland 2, which I'll be talking about shortly. But Yeah, let's start with Apex Legends. So Season 4 dropped this Tuesday. Uh, assimilation with the new legend revenant who i haven't played as because everyone is going to pick him if they're first and i also kind of don't want to play as them but the way their power works i guess is that uh, i don't i don't know what their just regular standard ability is but their super is a thing where they drop like a totem a a relic they activate it and then they have this dome that they can fight in and if they get killed they return to that and are resurrected. And I don't know how it works in, in, in the sense that do they get like half their health? Do they come back with barely any health? Do they get their ammo or do they get their guns reloaded automatically? Or do they just come back like they're coming back from being down? So I'm not sure about how that works, but it's a power that isn't appealing to me and my playstyle. But I think, in the right hands in late game play especially if you're dealing with the last two squads or the last squad it can be very powerful to go in and be very aggressive do a lot of damage then get respawned back at your relic after dying and you know fighting them some more but uh, in terms of the new map or not the new map but the the new-ish it's not even a new layout but like The changes to the map in my handful of games I played, it didn't feel all that different. I think King's Canyon, 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 post the destruction and stuff that happened there was more different, felt more different. And this so far, doesn't feel all that different. I haven't messed around with the new building that has the laser coming out of it. I'm not sure what that's like. But uh yeah, guess what? Apex Legends is still a fantastic game. I enjoy it. They made some changes I guess to iron accuracy and other stuff, but I haven't really had a, a, a feel for that. Um so I can't report on that too much, but yeah. It's a good time to jump back in. They've they've made a few changes with the season pass that'll make it a little easier to get XP as well. You now have four daily challenges instead of three, so getting daily challenges completed uh, will give you, I mean, you'll have more options to get more XP in that sense, but also the bonus levels for five daily challenges and ten daily challenges are much easier now, because you have that extra challenge each day. Uh, And yeah, that's Apex Legends. So Foxyland 2, I reviewed, I did a video review for it, which you can watch on YouTube.com slash Pixelated Sausage, and it's a sequel to Foxyland 1, of course, and it is a platforming, a 2D side-scrolling platformer, you know, very much in the same vein as the Mario games, the 2D Mario games, obviously. And did I just say, like, obviously 18 times in a row? But uh, I liked the first game, and it was a very simple game, And I'm not really that fond of the second game because I think they try to do too many things and they don't really come together. They had a story which isn't all that interesting and I just wanted to skip it and the dialogue would not let me skip it fast enough. The jumping and controls are a bit wonky at times. You can now wall jump, but when you cling to a wall, you can only jump away from the wall. You can't jump straight up or anything like that and you may be saying well okay that that makes sense why would you want to jump up well say you are jumping over a pit of spikes and you want to or or you just miss the ledge and you're now clinging to the wall and there's not a platform close enough for you to jump off of and you know then jump to to where you need to go you're shit out of luck you will die in that sense and I don't like that. It leads to frustrating deaths that feel unearned. It just feels like, oh, this is because you designed the the wall jumping poorly. Um, If you're on a, a platform with a ladder, your guy, Mr. Foxy, will struggle to know if you want to go back up the ladder or jump, which is a pain in the ass, so that you have to kind of jump. And then move the character because even like moving with the D pad in the right direction, he's still like, Oh, wait, did you mean to go up? I'm like, I, it's a D pad. I 100% was not ever pressing up, it's pressing right, you piece of crap. Um, there is Cope which I didn't mess around with. There are boss fights now, uh, some secret levels you can find, different themed worlds. It's, okay but i prefer the first one and i'd recommend playing that instead of the second one if you've not played either and then if you like the first one give it a go i mean they're both 5 dollar games they're rather like a games so if you are somebody who likes getting achievements trophies you can get the platinum all 1000 achievement points in less than an hour for each game and yeah worth checking out if you're a, a big platformer fan but i i wasn't i was disappointed by it that's that's what there is to say then tamashi is a puzzle platformer with a lot of disturbing imagery that gameplay wise isn't that bad and the puzzles are solid i was surprised that i was enjoying the actual act of playing the game the story is whatever i don't care about it you're like the creation of some demon entity or whatever who is looking to regain power, I guess, blah 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 blah. And you go through these dungeons and the way it works is that you can create three clones of yourself. And you use these clones to activate switches and and turn on different things that allow you to progress further in a level which is a fairly small level that and then progress to the next level. You go through the door, whatever you unlock the door and you do this by dropping your your clone on switches, uh, or, or or putting them in certain positions, and then activating a switch that makes them drop into this place that allows you to get here, and so on. And that all works well. The jump feels good enough, but what kills the game for me, uh, I stopped playing it after half an hour because I just could not take it anymore. Are all the filters? the the visual filters over the game and maybe it's just one filter i don't like it, it's just it's so fucking blurry and i think there might be some like color filters going on too but like it is so unpleasant to look at that i imagine and this is how bad i think it looks i imagine if i had perfect vision if i didn't already have glasses this is the kind of game that would ruin my eyesight and make me have to get glasses i think it looks that bad with the filter they have going on—it's just like it would give me a headache if I kept playing. like it's just an absolute ugly mess. And on top of that, the text they have in the game is terrible. I understand wanting to use a stylized font to uh, go along with the style of the game and all that, but like it's not easy to read uh, some of the things look like they could mean various like it's just it's a mess from a visual standpoint uh which sucks because gameplay-wise i think it's pretty solid and it could have been uh something i i would be interested in sticking with and seeing to the finish line but with all the visual crap that's going on just i can't i can't take it it's just too much no no tamashi No. Uh, And then I've been playing a lot of Farm Together, which I think I've talked about in the past. And it's been a really wonderful, pleasant little relaxing game for me. Uh, You know, it very much is just farming. I've talked about it in the past. I'm just going to reiterate what I said before, but, you know, it's just a farming game and nothing more. It also has decorating aspects. When you build a house, you can decorate the interior and all that. But really, it's about Planting crops and trees and flowers and all that and then harvesting them when time when the time comes, as well as animals and all that. There are no NPCs outside of the minions, the the people you hire to do your bidding, uh, which just means, you know, harvest animals and, and feed them and stuff like that. You can't really interact with them outside of paying them to keep working. You can't talk to them or anything, so It's hollow in that sense. There's not a lot of personality there. It's not like Stardew Valley or Harvest Moon where you can interact or, you know, even Animal Crossing where you can interact with NPCs and and grow relationships and stuff like that. It's a solitary thing that you can't play with a friend. You know, it's a great co-op thing. And I had somebody visit my town and leave me a little pleasant note on my guest book tell me how a beautiful farm I had, because I'm at the point now, I've put dozens and dozens and dozens of hours, I'm probably getting close to 100 hours in this game, I do want to do a, a mini episode of this for Attack the Backlog, but I have begun the process of beautifying my farm now I, I spent a lot of time just min-maxing if you want to call it that <laughs> um, but like I spent so much time just putting so many crops areas uh all over the place just to max out the amount of production i could get and and going without caring about how it all looked even though it looked like shit and now i'm trying to make it look like a nice presentable farm i joined somebody's farm for the first time and it was really it was literally just rows and rows and rows and rows of plants and trees and various things that you could harvest and it's just like oh This is clearly just somebody who is trying to get the achievements, I guess, as quickly as possible. To me, I look at that and I'm like, you know, I understand wanting to get the most, you know, to to game the system or whatever, to to get the most out of your farm and, and to make it as streamlined as possible. But there's no fun in that. I I don't find that fun. I'm a huge fan of monotony and doing repetitive actions, but like that is just unappealing from a visual standpoint, from a design standpoint. Uh, So yeah, I'm having a blast with it. And I'm just now going through the process of beautifying my farm and making it as good as it can be. Putting sprinklers all over the place so things are watered and I don't have to water them because that's one thing I I just avoided doing that in the first place. I just like I'm not watering shit. But um yeah, farm together is pretty good. Pretty, pretty good. Uh that's all I've been playing, so um did I even talk about Dan Hauser leaving Rockstar? Didn't I say anything about that? I don't think so. Dan Hauser, leaving Rockstar games? Kind of a uh a, a big deal. You know, he's I think the main creative force behind the majority of their games since the, the early GTA games. You know, he founded the studio with his brother Sam and his brother's still remaining at the company and I think he's gonna take over the creative leads uh as far as I know. I'm I'm not entirely sure. But this does uh peg some questions. And the one that I'm thinking of most is because I think there was a news story recently that said something along the lines of Take Two was, you know, cr- trying to push Rockstar to speed up their, their production cycles for their development cycles for games to put out more games. Because I am in the Player One podcast Discord, which I adore. And like, it, I, you know, my Patreon role doesn't show up there. It like shows up here and there every now and again, but for the most part, it doesn't. It's weird. Like, I don't really care. But I like saw a glimpse of some of the stuff I'm missing out on, which is just like one channel. It's like, oh, the Patreon channel. I'm like, oh, what is this? And then it would go away. And then it would come back. I'm like, oh, it's back. And then go away. I was like, okay. Just like the the forums there. They don't want me. Um, But we're currently there. If you haven't listened to Player One Podcast, check out the Player One Podcast. The Discord is amazing. Wonderful people. They annoy me sometimes. Some more than others. But for the most part, it's a very uh, delightful little place. But we we did our best games of the 2010s. And now we're working on our best, our favorite games, not the best games, our favorite games of the 2000s. And when I was looking at the games that came out and comparing it to the 2010s, for the entire decade of the 2010s, we had Grand Theft Auto 5. That's it, from from, from 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 Grand Theft Auto from Grand Theft Auto. In the 2000s, we had Grand Theft Auto Three, Grand Theft Auto Vice City, Grand Theft Auto San Andreas, Grand Theft Auto Liberty City Stories, Grand Theft Auto Vice City Stories, Grand Theft Auto Chinatown Wars grand theft auto 4 grand theft auto 4 the Lost in the dam grand theft auto 4 the ballad of gay tony and i think that's it for all the grand theft auto games but that's a that's kind of a a little bit more than one and yeah you can understand why the the development cycle has, has taken longer given the scope of the games they've been making but even so there were a lot more games from Rockstar than in that decade, than in the, the last decade. And of course, I'm sure not all those games were made by Rockstar North, the, the main GTA studio. Uh, I don't think the PSP games, uh, the Stories games, were made by them, and I don't think Chinatown Wars was made by them. Speaking of Chinatown Wars, if you've never played it, amazing game, 2DS, not 2DS, but the the DS and I think it made its way to mobile. It's criminally underrated. It is secretly one of the best Grand Theft Auto games ever made. That includes all the 3D ones. You know, I, I might put whew, Chinatown more War. <laughs> Chinatown Moors. I want more of Wars. Where would I put that? I think I'd put it above both GTA 4 and 5. Definitely, like, 5 is my least favorite. Uh, but I'm trying to think. Because I, I think I might put it You know, Grand Theft Auto 3 is my favorite. And then I I might, it might be in order 3, then Vice City, then San Andreas, then Chinatown Wars, then I I really like Grand Theft Auto 4. I probably put that there. Then I put Grand Theft Auto 2 and then maybe, I don't know if I'd do London 1969 or maybe Grand Theft Auto. I I am not sure if I'd put Grand Theft Auto 5 at the very bottom or not, but it's definitely below Grand Theft Auto 2 for me. And that's saying something. I, I, I hate the story in Grand Theft Auto too. But, um, you know, it's a curious thing, him departing. I think part of it is, you know, he's been working for a long time. He's made a shitload of money. He does not need to work anymore. He can retire and live a happy life for the, the remainder of his days. Um, But I am curious if maybe, you know, Take-Two is getting a little pushy. And he's like, you know, I'm out. Uh, the stock price has dropped, I guess, a bit. after the news. but I I am kind of hopeful also because while I think his writing in terms of the stories in a lot of the games was pretty good, one of the things I didn't like, which I think he had a a very uh, heavy hand in, uh, was all the satire, specifically in the Grand Theft Auto games. That shit never landed for me. All the the jokes really never worked for me. Uh, I think the funniest bits of all the Grand Theft Auto games was probably from the radio stations. Chatterbox is still the greatest radio station of any Grand Theft Auto game. It is part of why Grand Theft Auto 3 is my favorite uh, Grand Theft Auto game. It's also because I, I love the story in that game, and it holds a special place in my heart as being the first 3D one and just being this... It, it gave me the same sensation then that Morrowind did. It's just like, oh my god, this is this open world. I can do anything. I can just explore all over... like. the the sense of freedom was incredible but um yeah it'll be interesting to see what this means to rockstar if anything it could just be the same as it's always been or there could be some things that make it feel a bit different and then rod ferguson it's rod i wrote it down rod yes rod ferguson leaving coalition to move to the diablo four team this is news that really doesn't mean much to me. I just brought it up to bring it up because the Gears franchise has felt pretty stale for me. Uh, I haven't played much of Gears 5 and I haven't been inclined to go back and play it. And Gears 4 I didn't like. So him leaving isn't like, oh my God, what what is going to happen to Gears? I'm like, oh, well, maybe Gears will do some more... Interesting, different things now, I don't know how much of a impact he had on the direction of those games, but uh yeah, that happened, you know, and some people are saying that well, it's because he's really good at finishing games uh, that are having issues with that, uh, so yeah, that happened, and then uh, just before ending the the podcast, I watched a few things, watched forty five minutes of ad Astra the Brad Pitt space movie and the movie failed to make me care about Brad Pitt's character or what he was doing he's going to neptune or something to find his father who he thought was dead and his father is like sending waves to the planet and destroying things and if they don't stop him the world's going to blow up or some shit i don't know it's, it's stupid and i just didn't care and then I watched about 35 minutes of Crawl, which is the alligator movie, New Orleans, I think. And yeah, it's just, it was dumb and not fun enough. And I just wasn't into it, um, which was a disappointment because it reviewed well. And I'm down for some dumb, stupid fun like that. I think Sam Raimi, somebody of, of note produced it but, you know, didn't have any kind of, like, creative, true creative hand in it. Uh, and then I've been watching, I have one episode left of What We Do in the Shadows. Uh, I, I saw that it was on Hulu. It may it may have been on Hulu for a while now, but it is fantastic. I love the movie, and the series is great. It is, it is great from the very beginning. Uh, I was worried that it wouldn't be able to live up to the movie, but it lives up to it in every way. The, the new additions in terms of types of vampires, this isn't really a spoiler because it's in the first episode, but they have the other vampire there who is a energy vampire, and he's basically just that office worker who is very boring and just drains you with his just boring, wasteful conversation. And I, I really enjoy that. And then the Seventh episode, where you meet the council, and these these are spoilers for What We Do in the Shadows, episode seven. I'm going to spoil it for like a minute, so if you are going to watch it starting now, I'm going to spoil it for a minute. The council episode was wonderful because they brought back the original cast from the movie, as well as other famous on-screen vampires. So you had Tilda Swinton from Only Lovers Left Alive, Evan Rachel Wood from I don't, I don't know what the hell she was a vampire in, but she was in something. And then you had Paul Rubens, you had uh, Danny Trejo. uh, And then via Skype, you had Wesley Snipes, of course, from Blade. And it was just wonderful seeing all these on-screen vampires interact. And also, it was the truest representation of what it's like talking to someone via Skype (laughs) I've ever seen on film or TV. But uh, that was a delightful thing. There were also a few other familiar faces in that particular episode. It was just a cameo smorgasbord. But it's a a wonderful series. Second season comes in April, I guess. So excited to watch that when it hits. Uh, But uh, that is pretty much it in terms of what I've been playing, what I've been watching, and what I've been newsing. So that will do it for this year episode of the Pixelated Sausage Podcast. Once again, I am your host, Mark Giznaz. Y'all can find me on twitter and pretty much everywhere at px sauces the site is of course com, where you can find this podcast than than thanos where you find this podcast and attack the backlog which are both available on podcast services across the globe like stitcher radio google play apple Podcasts, spotify and pandora and if you'd like to check out the video version of attack the backlog or other video reviews and other such videos just video video videos you can go over to youtube dot com slash pixelatus and watch them all there. If you'd like to check out the art I make, you can go over to pxsart.com. If you see something you like, click the link and it'll take you to where you can purchase a print of the piece you fancy. And if you fancy the site in general and anything that we do, please go over to patreon.com slash pxs and support us that way. As always, thank you for watching or listening. I Hope you enjoy this here episode. Rewind that. Thank you for listening. I have to get out of that because you can't watch the show anymore. So thank you for listening. If you want to watch something, watch Attack the Backlog. That is so much better watched than listened to. So thank you for listening to this here episode. I hope you enjoyed it. And I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful rest of your day. Bye. Oh shit, gotta get a rest, have a great weekend too. Mother punch your lunch and (laughs) watch (laughs) it.